Welcome to the Confident Parent Podcast, where we want to help you feel confident in your role of raising kids who have a thriving relationship with Jesus. I'm your host, Joshua Humpa. I'm the children's pastor at Oak Creek Assembly of God for the past six years and parent of two spectacular kids. In this episode, we're gonna talk about how to handle when your kid is exposed to things that you don't want them to be exposed to and to help you feel like you got this. Welcome back, everybody, to the Confident Parent Podcast. We are in 2020. That's fun. This is going to be your best year yet as a family because today we've got a very special guest. She is returning. She's the first guest to return back to the Confident Parent. And I'll give you a little surprise hint uh, with the stats and the numbers. Her podcast um, back from the summer about uh, how to read the Bible with your children is the highest listened to podcast ever on The Confident Parent. And so we have brought her back because she's got nuggets of wisdom. Please, big round of applause, everybody, for Carrie Lutter. Woo! Hi, Carrie. Hi. Glad to be back on the (laughs) show. (laughs) So Carrie is uh, our church's preschool director, uh, and she's just fantastic. She's a wonderful woman. She's got great kids. Uh, Just refresh everybody in case they don't know you. Who's your family? Tell us a little bit about who you are. Okay, so I've been married to Aaron for almost 11 years. Um, We'll be celebrating our 11th anniversary in February, which is really fun. Um, And then I have three boys. Seth will be seven on Friday. And then Gabriel is almost five. And our youngest, Isaac, is just two now. Excellent. Fun kids. Seth is – actually, all three of your kids are just wonderful, but – Man, I I personally, from doing kids ministry with Seth, having the most experience with Seth, I have countless numbers of stories of how funny this kid is. So I'm excited about today. Uh, Carrie and I, when we talked about doing another podcast, uh, came up with this really powerful, possibly life-changing topic. We're going to be talking about how to deal with when your kids are exposed to things that you wouldn't want them to be exposed to. How do you handle that? Because uh, it's tricky. So something that's kind of interesting that uh, we're going to touch on today, I was talking with um, with my mother-in-law and thinking this through f- from my perspective as a parent and what it was like when I was a kid. I slept over at my friend's house all the time. Did you, Carrie? Um, not when I was really little. It actually didn't start until I was in like middle school. Yeah. I had my first sleepover. So When you were in middle school, high school, did you sleep over a lot? Uh, not all that much. No, hmm. maybe a few times a year. Gotcha. Yeah. I was at my friend's house like every other weekend. <laughs> and these were like church church friends that my parents knew and stuff. But I slept over a lot. And I had quite a few. I slept over at kids' houses more than they came to my house. But today, it's like super duper rare, even rarer than when you were a kid, mm-hmm. for kids to have sleepovers at other kids' houses or to play out freely in the neighborhood or all this stuff. And so we're going to talk today about what happens when your kids are exposed to things that you don't want them to be exposed to and just how to navigate all that. So, Carrie, you've had a little bit of experience of this uh, where, like, Seth has been exposed to things that either you don't want him to be exposed to yet or just not at all. (laughs) And then you have to deal with that. So let's dive in. Let's start with, like, the easy basic one that – Every kid is going to get exposed to at some point language, yeah. <laughs> swear words, yes, words that are not good to use that you don't want your two-year-old or your seven-year-old running around saying. Mm-hmm. 
Can I tell you a really funny story real quick? Sure. We were at Mayfair Mall on Monday, and this <laughs> this car pulls up, banging, banging their music super loud. They open the car door, and it's just swear word after swear word after swear word, <laughs> like <laughs> clear as day. And my four-year-old, we're holding her hand, and we're walking, and my wife and I just look at each other and laugh because it's like... You're living it. <laughs> <laughs> she's exposed to this. Thankfully, she, I don't even think she... She didn't say anything about it. Yeah. But... What do you do? So, Carrie. So, so my oldest is going to be seven on Friday. And so it kind of feels like, oh, man, he's old. But then when you hit these experiences at the age of five or six, like we have already, it's kind of like, no, you're too little to be having this conversation with us. Yeah. And so really our first experience which I'm grateful for because my kids were in daycare since they were babies um and so they were actually exposed to language pretty early on just from other kids that were in daycare and things like that but they didn't pick up on it at the ages of three and four which so thankful for that but our first experience with Seth was last year he came home from kindergarten and you know we kind of went about our afternoon and our evening and had dinner and we did the bath and the devotion and everything and it was time to go to bed and all of a sudden he looks at me and he says mommy what does this word mean <laughs> and it was really quick like eyes between me and Aaron and I was like okay we're doing this now this yeah. is this is the reality of our world yeah. and so um I was pretty happy I stayed I stayed calm because first of all he was asking the question, what does it mean? He wasn't running around saying it to his brothers or to me or to yeah. Aaron. So that's great. Um, we want him to ask us questions. And so just really calmly, I said, well, where did you hear it? And so he asked or he said, you know, a kid in his class had told him to say it. Exposed and there's nothing you can do about it. Right. That's just it is the real things that we have to deal with as parents and yeah. hopefully we're led by the Holy Spirit when we do that. Yeah. Um, and so he told me that this little boy had said it to him and um, first of all, he didn't even pronounce it right. So I was like, <laughs> okay, tell me how he told you to spell it. Cause he told him to write it too. And so he told me <clears throat> and it wasn't correct. And so like, there was a little bit of hope there for me that like, okay, at least I can ease into this a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I asked him if the other little boy told him, you know, what it meant. And he said, no, he just told me that it's a bad word. Mm -hmm. It's like, so the first thing I said was, thank you for coming home and asking me first. Mm. Before you went around saying it or asking another grown-up, I want yeah. you to come home and always feel like you can ask us what something means. Yeah, so that so kind of like the first golden nugget that you want to give to other parents is that you want to create a safe environment a welcoming environment for your kids to come and ask you questions about this stuff. Yeah, like staying calm and um, have a smile on your face. You can be frustrated that you're having the conversation. Yeah, because, or even shocked that yeah, they're... Like yeah, like I was shocked that my kindergartner was asking me what this word means. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, just staying really, really calm and having a, an age-appropriate conversation about it too. Like I didn't want to pour more into him about this yeah. than he was ready to handle. So what did you say when he asked what it means? What it? I said that it's a bad word, that this little boy was right to tell him that it was a bad word. Uh -huh. um, 
I explained to him that if it happens again, you know, and somebody tells him that a word is bad and then tells him that he should do something with it, whether it's say it or write it, that he should come home first and mm. talk to us yeah. because we can explain more about it. Um, and I kind of left it at that. Like, it's a word that we don't say. It's a word that God doesn't want us to use because right. it doesn't um, bring glory to him. It doesn't put any value on anybody else. Yeah, that, it hurts. It hurts yeah. people. Yeah. And so um, he kind of he took that at face value because he's little and he doesn't need right. too much more of an explanation at that point. And so really just highlighted the fact that I want him to keep coming home mm-hmm. and telling me things. And just if somebody tells them that something is bad, then don't repeat it and yeah. don't write it. Just yeah. come home and talk to us about it. Yeah. I mean, I think that the balance in that is that you want them to feel like welcome and safe to come and talk to you about it and kind of you're the source for information but then also kind of leading towards them on the seriousness of it and that there is consequences if you do say it. Yeah. And so finding that soft, tricky balance. Yeah, and I think, too, um, one of the things that stood out to me was, you know, to this other kid, like, he knows it's a bad word, but he was still fine saying it. And so yeah. how I need to teach my kid that it's not okay to say it. But I also need to, like, send him off to school, not ready to place blame or shame on this other right. kid that was exposed to it, right. you know, not by his choice or his free will. Like, it was just, just that. And so you can set an example by not saying it, and you can even say, that's not a good word, and I don't want to use it, mm-hmm. or I don't really want to hear you say it either. Right. But you don't have to say, like, that's bad, and you're wrong to have heard it at home. Like, you want them to be good influences on their friends too in yeah. turn. So. That's great. That's really good and it's helpful. Now, what about when kids uh, either watch or see something that they're not, that they should not be watching, it's not appropriate for them or for anybody to be watching, yeah. um, but for some reason because of either access or they stumbled into it or sh- somebody showed them. Carrie, what do you think we should do if your son comes home and he just saw something he should not how do you handle this oh man see this is one of the things that i'm thankful i don't think we've really um gotten into quite yet because our kids are so little they're home with us um for the most part our two little ones are home with us a lot and seth is at school but hopefully they're learning at school and they're not visually exposed to a lot of things um, but we do know that that's going to happen. That's the reality of technology in our world and kids on the bus yep. having phones and iPads and all kinds of stuff. It and seems so, like the bus is like the number one place where the stuff kind of like happens. Yeah, like, I think hey, a lot of out. stuff happens on the bus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so I'm kind of, I hope I'm not talking out of turn here, but I guess looking forward, how would I handle it? And I think one of the things I would say is choose a seat wisely on the bus. You know, if you know, like tell your kids to do that. If they know that one of their buddies is going to have access to a phone or an iPad on the bus and that they're watching things or playing games that you've taught them are not for them, like they should choose something else, like really inspiring your kids to be leaders and not um, exposing them too early to those things. Um, if they come home and they say they've seen something, 
biggest thing I would say again is just stay calm because you really, really want to create that environment where your kids can come home and they're not embarrassed or too afraid to tell you something. Yeah. You want to know what your kids are seeing um, so that you can have the conversation with them. Um, so even if you're frustrated, I think if you've taught your kids that they shouldn't be watching something or shouldn't be playing a game and then they come home and they tell you that they've done it or you find out from right. a sibling or another family that your kid was doing this, like it would be really, really easy to fall into that frustrated mode right away and so just really training yourself to stay calm so they want to keep coming to you right and explaining kind of i mean it's gonna be harder when they're teenagers to explain stuff but explaining when they're younger this is the why i don't want you not just because i said so but i don't want you to watch this or play this because it scares you or it's just not good for you or it'll make you think differently than god wants you to or right whatever so you actually had as a kid kind of a, a funny experience <laughs> Where you did that. You were were exposed to something that you shouldn't have been. Yeah. And then you hid it from your parents because you were afraid of the consequences. Can you tell us that story? Yeah. So so I was actually homeschooled from kindergarten through fifth grade. And so one of the reasons I didn't have a lot of sleepovers growing up is because I was homeschooled. Like there were and there weren't kids in our church. I was from a small church, so there weren't kids my age. Um, So I didn't go to a lot of sleepovers. So I started going to public school in sixth grade and made friends right away. And they were honestly like the good kids in the class. Like I didn't make bad friends. And so I was invited to my very first overnight sleepover birthday party. And my parents had met the other um, girl's parents. And so they said, yeah, they felt comfortable. My best friend was going too. It seemed like there's another girl actually from our church going. And so I think there was a comfort level for them. And sure. Um, and I don't think that they necessarily should have felt uncomfortable at, with what they knew. And so we went and this was the time where NSYNC was really popular. So we... <laughs> the 90s. Oh, yeah. So we listened to a lot of NSYNC and Ooh. then the movie that was really, really popular at oh, that time... Oh, boy. Here it is. ...was Titanic Ooh. with Leonardo DiCaprio and... I don't even remember who the girl was because it was that long ago. I've actually never seen it. um, It was terrible. Like, no sixth grade female or male should see (laughs) that movie. Um, And so it was a different family's values that it was okay. And so I saw things that I shouldn't have seen. Yeah. And I knew, I knew my parents would not have approved of me seeing the movie. But you're kind of there. Yeah. So you went home. Yeah. And then you're like, hey, mom and dad, guess what we watched, right? No, I did not <laughs> say that. I knew, I knew that there was no way that if I told them that's what happened, that I was going to be allowed to go to the next sleepover. Right. You know, and. And if it was roles were reversed, you're your mom and dad. Yeah. You'd feel the same way, right? I would absolutely feel like, wow, I would not want my kid to go back into an environment that was like that. Yeah. Right. So how as parents today, I mean, how do we, that's one of the things we're trying to figure out is how do we help our kids then feel comfortable even when they know, man, mom and dad are not going to let me hang out with this person, go to this event, sleep over, be with this person yeah. because of what happened. How can we create this welcoming, inviting experience so that they're honest with us? Yeah. I think that's a tricky, it hard thing really, to figure out. Really, really tricky. Um, so there's 
a lot of explanation. You've talked about this before on your other podcasts, right? So you get to this stage of like kindergarten through fifth grade, and it's a lot of explaining the why behind it. And so if you can do that successfully and really, really explain to your kids the heart behind it mm-hmm. and why um, why they're not going to do the things that other people are doing and even telling them the benefits of them not doing it. Right. You know, I don't think as a sixth grader I knew that there were going to be benefits to me not viewing those kinds of things. And, and that's so, it's easier said than actually like doing yeah. it with your kids, like your kids – Right, like hindsight, I yeah. can look back 20 years. Yeah, and as a kid, they're, I mean, being honest, they're not going to, it's going to be very hard for them to understand the whys in the moment, but. Yeah, but if you really, really tell them, like, you love them and you want what's best for them, right. and that this is the best that you can offer them, and someday, yeah. you know, they're going to understand. Yeah. Um, I think that's, I mean, that's the money right there yep. is what you want to do, and so it's hard. That's the nugget. And I haven't been there yet. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm i just speaking from experience as the sixth grade girl that didn't want to come home and tell my parents. Yeah. So, um, oh, trust me. I've had many <laughs> – I have many childhood experiences like that where I was afraid to tell my parents and did not tell my parents lots of things. Um, but that's just the battle, right? Yeah. And so the more welcoming you can be, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because my parents were not welcoming. <laughs> my parents are great. But, man, yeah, if I did anything that was – Lay the smack down. Um, yep. So I, I think another thing that, that parents uh, kind of feel really torn on is the sleepover and, like, hanging out with other kids outside of, you know, direct supervision. Yep. So, like, letting kids go over to a sleepover or just play out around the neighborhood without you being there. And partly because of the fear of exposure to things that, that we don't want them to be exposed to, but also the safety factor of is some weird person going to do some weird thing to my kid or mm-hmm. is my kid going to get hurt doing something? Um, but I, I think part of growing up and part of letting kids have their own independence and, and own, you know, their own life is giving them this freedom to do this stuff and to make their own decisions, to recognize on their own what's right and wrong and what choices they're going to make. So I think we have some helpful mm-hmm. tools and ideas and tricks that we can give to parents who are feeling torn on this sleepover, hanging out with other kids thing, on what are some things you can do proactively so that you'd be successful and that your kids aren't as exposed to things that they shouldn't be. And so one of those things is to really get to know the parents of your child's friends. Yeah. You wanna shed a little bit of light on that? Yeah, so we actually just had um, Seth go on his first sleepover this summer, and actually Gabriel went too, which was, that was probably the harder part because he was a lot younger. I mean, he's only four. Yeah. Um, but we have this awesome neighborhood. I mean, we're so thankful and blessed for the people that we live with, like live around in our neighborhood. And so our neighbors directly across the street, they have two little boys. And um, so they're friends and they're growing up together. And we've known them since Seth was a baby. And so we, in the summer, like we're together all the time and we grill out and we play and we um, have gotten to know them and their values and they know the same about us. And so we kind of live life together. And so the summer they, they asked if Seth could come over for a sleepover and then Gabriel kind of just got pulled in because of the friendships that they have over there. And so, um, thought about it and I know there's been so much um 
like it's a big discussion like it's a hot topic right now for parents Mm -hmm. and so I really had to think is this like what are our values are we going to keep our kids at home and not have them go on sleepovers or are we going to have you know it'd be kind of a case-by-case basis and yeah as husband and wife parents we talked about it and we felt comfortable like this was a situation that we knew our neighbors well enough we knew the values um and so we said yes and we're so pleasantly surprised by how they set things up on their end you know we already knew what their house is like inside and we knew the kinds of values and morals that they are instilling in their kids. Yeah. Um, but just the the dialogue of, hey, here's the movies that we have at our house and which ones do you feel comfortable letting your kids see? Because yeah. we have talked before and saying they know that our oldest really struggles with a lot of movies, like kid movies. Um, that he just gets scared because he's very, very sensitive to things that he sees. And so she didn't want it to be anything scary, wanted it to be a good environment. So I had complete control over what was viewed in yeah. there, which is so nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, hey, send him with a book and a book that he can read at his level. And we're going to do this before bed. And it was honestly like, here's what we're having for dinner. Here's what we're watching. Here's, you know, the way the night is going to go down. And I felt completely at peace. That's good. So, that. so having conversations with them beforehand and getting to know them over a period of time. Yeah. But then also, so, so the first nugget is get to know them. But the second one was have the dialogue and have the conversations as uncomfortable as it may be about mm-hmm. what you feel comfortable with, right? Yep. So my mother-in-law watches my kids on Fridays and, and you know, grandmas want to be the nice, awesome, wonderful, like the coolest person in the world. And when the kids go to grandma's house, they want to have so much fun there. Um, and my mother-in-law has just a, an iPad that lets my daughter then watch on YouTube just, you know, kids' videos. And just our concern was that something would pop up, you know, that the, some video would get clicked or some ad would run. And so we had the dialogue about getting the YouTube for kids app so that if she is going to have, you know, that's something that's special to my mother-in-law, which is fine, which is great. Um but having the dialogue about this is probably a better app, a safer app, so that, that can still happen. And having that dialogue and figuring it out beforehand. Right, right. And we knew we knew going into that that they didn't allow any kind of technology in their bedrooms or they didn't really, like the kids don't even have tablets or anything. And so we felt comfortable too, like they weren't going to be viewing anything yeah. outside of the parents' knowledge Mm -hmm. you know when it was time to go to bed nothing was going to happen that yeah um that we were going to be concerned about yeah and then also like when he came home the next day um when they both came home i asked questions to make sure that everything that we set up happened the exact way that we thought it was going to and i wasn't concerned but that's the job as a mom is the follow-up yeah that's true and if your parents would have asked you hey did you watch a movie or anything (laughs) yeah then you then it may have been exposed at that point right you know hopefully if your kids are older they do have that conscience (laughs) that they'll that they'll tell you um at this age you know my kids are pretty open and so that's good yeah that they are um and that's why i wanted to ask and i think it just sets up to like this is the precedent like we're going to ask questions before you go and then if we feel comfortable, you can go. But then when you come home, you're going to have to answer questions. And yeah. that's okay. I think another thing that's just, just it's true and it's solid is as a parent, God's trusted you with your kids 
and you're the response responsible one that God has trusted with. And so just praying about it and and how the Holy Spirit is leading you. If you feel if you do not feel peace about it and it's beyond you just being a parent that's a helicopter parent you can't let go, then trust that. But if you're feeling like, you know what, God, this is a way for me to trust God and to to trust him to watch over my kids, then you gotta trust the Holy Spirit in that too. And we so, kind of talked about that too, you and me, that this was a yes, but it's not always going to be a yes. And right. I think explaining that to your kids, like unless you have that relationship and you know the other family really, really well, it might be a no. Yeah. And that's okay. And you need to have your kids be okay with that. Yeah. So as we wrap up, um, this idea kind of spurred up a few months ago. I had a conversation with a mom who has elementary boys and uh, she wasn't thrilled because at the public school that they go to, the teacher um, had incorporated some sort of, um, I forgot how she did it exactly, but something about Harry Potter into the lesson. And uh, the mom just, you know, as a family, they're not on board with that for their kids, especially at the age that they're at. And so she was really having a hard time, just like, how dare they, how could they? And one of the things that I try to encourage her with is that this is out there. I mean, this is such a big thing in our world. We can't ignore it can't pretend that it doesn't exist. And so let's use this as, as a way to leverage um, our relationship with Jesus and our understanding of who God created us to be, to use that for God's glory so that our kids can have a better understanding. And so with all of this stuff, it's just out there, as scary as that is. And there's not, there's for a lot of it, it's just going to happen, like the language thing. But if we can use these as opportunities to help lead our kids to Jesus then we're doing the great thing. And that'll help us to feel confident, <laughs> become the confident parent that God created us to be to help lead our kids to Jesus. Well, Carrie, thanks so much for helping us talk about this. This stuff is hard and all parents are struggling with it and trying to figure it out. And each situation is touch and go, but thanks for your wisdom and your nuggets of, of solid wisdom. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Carrie. Today, we hope you feel more confident in your role as a parent and that your family's best days are ahead. Subscribe right now so that you'll always be the first to hear new content from the Confident Parent Podcast. And if you're excited about this, please let somebody know. You can send them a text right review. So as episodes come out, please share with the world what you think. Oak Creek Assembly of God is a church in Oak Creek, Wisconsin. And if you live anywhere in the Milwaukee area, we invite you to come join us on our Sunday morning services at 8 and 10.30 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We're all in when it comes to kids, and we know that your kid's going to love it. Hope to see you here soon. There's no perfect way to parent, and all of us are trying to figure out how to do this. We're praying for you and believing that the best is yet to come for your family.